-hmm. Now, I'm excited about this teaching. And I have been thinking about this really just, I got up early this morning. um, You were still asleep and I was reading over the notes again. And I was thinking, man, here is something that is very important for us to understand. And I said it earlier. God wants us to win. He does. Everybody put that in the comments. I need you to share the broadcast, but I need you to engage in the broadcast that God wants us to win. I need you to tag some people. God wants us to win. I believe that this is so important to discuss because there are so many believers who do not know that God wants them to win. And they think that God is some kind of mysterious or egomaniac or megalomaniac who literally is like one day you're up, one day you're down. You don't know what God might do to you. He may sucker punch you. And then you really forget that it is the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Now, what I always say about God is that God is so good at working things for our good that if we are not careful, we will think he needed the evil to bless us. Mm. Tell your neighbor, he doesn't need the evil to bless That's us. That's good. So many people, they say things like, I had to go through this. No, if we had still been in a place of no sin, you would not have gone through that to get to your destiny. The enemy is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. But God is so good at working things for our good that it can look like he needed the evil to bless us. Mm. Now, if you believe that, if that's a part of your theology, because we're talking about renewing your mind, if that's a part of your theology, then when the enemy comes to you to steal, kill, and destroy, you won't resist. Mm. You won't stand up. You won't use the word because you think that God needs that in order to bless you. He doesn't need that in order to bless you. The other thing is that if you don't renew your mind, you will be a person who is expecting victory, but partnering with defeat. Mm. So you will want to have a better, better finances. You'll want to have better health. You'll want to have better relationships. But because you have an unrenewed mind, that mindset will cause you to do things that work against the very thing that you're praying for. Mm -hmm. We were talking yesterday about um, what happens. and, And this has probably happened to everybody. Romans tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God for us. Mm -hmm. So it tells us that God has a will for us, right? But the only way that we're going to walk it out is if we renew our mind so that we can prove it, right? But we were also talking about that part of this transformation journey is the requirement to manage your TFC, Mm -hmm. your thinking, feeling cycle. Everybody put that in the comments. Your thinking, feeling cycle to the degree that I can manage my own thinking is going to play a huge role in my victory. Would you agree? I would agree because the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our thinking, feeling cycle has a lot to do with who we actually show up as. And sometimes we aren't we aren't aware how we're showing up because we don't spend a lot of time being metacognitive. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about our thinking. We're just being reactionary. But people who um, who become proficient in understanding the thinking feeling cycle and then practicing 
that thinking feeling cycle in pressure situations become much more successful in their endeavors because they don't allow their emotions to rule them. They are allowed the Holy Spirit in, in the in the things that they hear from God to be the reason that they respond certain ways. Now, I love what you said. I've got to. So this is the way I see it. I see it that. We all have things that we think that don't agree with God mm -hmm. because of the world that we live in. Sure. Right. So we find a word yep. and that word begins to wash over the first word that we knew that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, what's going to happen is that pressure is going to come to test that word. Right. Um, a, a good example would be is that we were laughing the other day. I think we talked about it last Sunday. We talked about how the Lord said to both of us, stop coming in here talking to me about Edwin. Mm -hmm. Stop talking to me about Sean. I want to talk to you about you. Right. The Lord said to both of us, I want to give you a good marriage, but you have to do it my way. We had to begin to meditate on what God was saying to us enough. So that in the pressure situation, when I didn't like something you said, mm -hmm. when I didn't like something you did, when you didn't like something I said, when you didn't like something I did, that we did not let our emotions yes. rule us. Yes. Can you see this? Now, what happens for a lot of people is that they memorize words, right. but that word, they don't, they don't let the word loose to guard them when something happens. Yeah, I, I, I one of the ways I say it is that people don't allow the word to become a part of their DNA. Mm, that's good. <clears throat> when it becomes a part of your DNA, that word becomes innate for you. Uh, and until the word of God becomes innate for you, you can do it as long as they're not external forces greater than the word than the word you memorize. Oh, that's good. But when it becomes a part of you, no matter what force comes against you, you're able to still walk out that word. It's a lot like the scripture that talks about the two houses. And it says that the storm came and beat on both of those houses. It said the wind came and beat on both of those houses. The rain came and fell on both of those houses. But one of those houses, the fall of it was great and the other was able to sustain itself. But what was different? It wasn't that one was built out of straw and one was built out of brick. They were both the same houses, identical. The difference is one was built on a solid foundation and one was built on sand. Memorizing the word is like sand, just memorizing it. But having the word of God to become a part of you, to have the word of God to be a part of your understanding, for you and the word to become one builds a solid foundation. And when the storms come, because they're going to come, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have what? Trouble. trouble. He said, but don't worry about the trouble because I've already overcome it. And so if Jesus becomes our foundation, we too can overcome every storm we face. Amen. Does that make sense to you guys? And I think this is so important. I, it's a funny story. I can remember years ago when Sister King first started mentoring me. And Sister King said to me that at the, something at the time that was so profound to me. She said, you don't have to cuss at Edwin just because he cussed at you. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand what you mean. Why wouldn't I cuss at somebody who cussing at me? And she was like, I want you to practice. Back then, it used to take so much conscious, intentional restraint not to curse. If, if anybody cursed at me, it used to take so much restraint because I would be like, I will give you what you want. Now it would take so much intention for me to curse somebody out because it's not a part of who I am anymore. But here's the thing I think people miss because it wasn't just enough to, for me to meditate on the scripture that said, don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth. 
I had to meditate on situations where you would say something to me or other people would say something to me and I didn't like, I had to see myself responding in a way that pleased God. Yeah. I think that's a part of the transformation process because we're going to start talking about why Christians should renew their mind. But I want you to understand that when we talk renewal, we're not talking memorization in and of itself. Yeah. We're really, we're literally talking about renewing your mind to such a degree that you become a person who is obsessed with pleasing God. You have to become obsessed with pleasing God. And when that happens, it starts to change how you move. It changes what you think about. It changes what you do. It changes what you say. It changes how you show up. You literally have to become obsessed with pleasing God. Baby, somebody put that in the comments. I am obsessed with pleasing God. Now, we do this little game that we play with each other where we're randomly riding, right? And we ask each other a scenario, right? That's an unexpected scenario because we're trying to see what's in our heart. If somebody did this to you, what would you do? We do that because anybody can say the right answer when you know. It's one of the reasons teachers give pop quizzes. Mm -hmm. Because anybody can say the right answer if you know the test is coming, right? Mm -hmm. But we really have had to meditate in our hearts to say, I am obsessed with pleasing God. I'm going to let the word renew my mind. It does not mean we have gotten it perfect every time. But it does mean that when we see that there is an area where the enemy keeps getting us and he keeps getting us because we keep reverting back to our old self, that we have to take authority over that. Yes. Right? Like the truth of it is, I mean, I don't know why I'm using cussing. Maybe some of y'all cuss a lot. But the truth of it is the Holy Ghost is never going to make you stop cussing. He's not going to make you stop cussing. He's going to tell you why you shouldn't curse. He's going to tell you not to curse. It becomes your responsibility to do things like meditating on if somebody says crazy, something crazy, how you can address it without cursing him out. It becomes your responsibility to stop using curse words in your head because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So what happens for a lot of people is that we do the right thing as long as there's no pressure but we still got a lot of garbage on the inside and so then in pressure that's what comes out yeah and it's and i i use it as a really simple example it's not that we don't know how to do that because we are all involved in relationships with someone whether it be a romantic relationship a friendship a co-worker or whatever and you know that there's something that they don't like and as a result they don't like it you don't do it i know that you don't like to have to eat food that's been cooked with lots of onions or at least onions that you can taste so i don't cook food for you and say i put the onions in there because i wanted to so you just got to eat it that is so good. i don't give you what you don't want well the same thing is true when you get to know the father when you get to understand his love for you when you fall in love with him then you don't give him what he doesn't like so no, he's not going to take the cursing from you, but he but you know he doesn't like that. You know he doesn't like the vile communication that comes out of your mouth. You know he doesn't like the bad attitude. You know he doesn't like the sinful things that you do. When you fall in love with him truly and you know how much he loves you, it becomes your obsession to give him what he wants, to give to 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 be to please him. And so therefore no one has to take cursing from you. It's not something he appreciates oh, and so you don't give it to him. 
and we know how to do it because we do it in our regular relationships. That's so good. That's so good. The truth of it is, even in natural marriages, you can see that natural marriages don't work because both people aren't obsessed with giving the other person the thing that 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 pleases them. They give them what they want them to have, right? If you know your kids are scared of snakes, you don't give your kids snakes for their birthday present. You don't give them what they don't want. And it's, it's really a simple thing that when, if you start to really think about renewing the mind, what am I doing? I am finding out what pleases God. And I am then and then I am um, asking Holy Spirit to work on my thinking, feeling cycle and to help me to always be wanting to not just because I got to wanting to give to God what is pleasing to him. I think that's so good. I think that the, one of the reasons that a lot of Christians struggle to let things go is because they didn't let it go because they don't actually, I love what you said. You have an appetite to please God. You're obsessed with pleasing God. It's not that you please. It's not that you do what's perfect all the time. It's that your heart's desire is to please God. So as we go into this, here's the question you should ask yourself. Actually don't ask yourself, ask the Holy spirit. Do I really desire to please you? Do I really desire to please you? Because what I have found is that when we desire to please people, when we desire to please God, there are modifications and adjustments we make. You just talked about it with the onion powder. You like your food way more seasoned than I do. When I cook for you, I use way more seasoning than I would just use for myself. It's the modification. It's the adjustment that you make for the person that you love. Mm -hmm. All right. So. We, I'm going to pray and we are ready, but we, I, we really want to put our hearts in place that the Holy Spirit could speak today, D do in the areas that we don't desire to please him so that we can renew our minds so that we can live in victory. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We love you. We honor you and we bless you. We ask that you would help us to stare and to become aware of our heart that desires to please you. We repent for all of the times that we ignored the instruction that you gave us, that we minimized your words, that we minimized your, your, comp, your, your commandments, that we made excuses for our poor behavior, and we acted like the Holy Spirit in us isn't enough to change us. And so we surrender to you today, and as this word goes, for we expect to be illuminated to be to receive revelation that allows us to walk in the next level the level five living to be resolute in our desire to please you in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. well you guys know if you watched uh this broadcast last sunday and then if you watch Strategies for Success, and then if you watch Ed Talk, we walked through <laughs> three different times last week about understanding our level of commitment. And you kind of mentioned that at the end. We got to ask Holy Spirit, am I willing to become, Holy Spirit, am I willing to become obsessed with pleasing God? Uh, and that determination really comes, we said, in five levels. And we'll just talk about those just real quick. Level one, we said it was the reluctant participant stage. And that's exactly what it sounds like. I'm reluctant. I don't really want to do this because uh, I want to do my own thing. And then number two, we said it was the desiring results without work. And we said, if you're going to renew your mind, you got to put forth some effort. You can't just say, I want to come to church and just sit here and listen to the praise team and, and hear pastor preach for an hour and then have my entire life renewed. You got to put forth some effort and some work.
We said that level three was the ambiguous intent stage. It's like, well, we really do have some willingness, but we don't put a lot of definitive action. And if we do put action, it's not consistent action. You know, I'm going to church once a month and only reading your Bible once a month. It's not going to produce for you the kind of renewal that you need to get over the things you've been doing for years. Right. And then we said level four was this half hearted commitment stage or what we call the incomplete dedication. I, 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 I'm, I'm doing it as long as things don't get too difficult. I'm doing it as long as I don't see a lot of people having fun while I'm over here having to work. Uh, and we said here you have to have more than just intent. Intent doesn't last. You can't just be thinking about renewing your mind. You have to actually be renewing your mind. And then the last stage is the stage that we said we were committed to, which is the unwavering dedication or the resolute pursuit stage. This is the stage where we are saying, I have become obsessed with doing the things that please God. My commitment level is high. I'm resolute about my goals. I'm resolute about my spiritual growth. Uh, I refuse to make excuses. I'm dedicated to accomplishing whatever I have said I'm going to do. If I said I'm going to work on my thinking feeling cycle, then I'm going to work on my thinking feeling cycle. I'm not going to uh, allow my emotions to rule me. I'm going to practice. And when I fail and miss the mark, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get more words so that I can do it better uh, the next time. And so those were our levels of commitment those are the things that you have to decide where am i you know you may be in one one level of commitment in one area of your life and another area of commitment in another area of your life but when it comes to renewing your mind if you expect to see the results that we talk about when we talk about um you know walking in love and living by faith and experiencing god's prosperity you're going to have to be at a level five commitment to see the things that god really really wants to do for you uh, otherwise, you're never going to see the fullness of what God has for you. And so the question then today, we'll start here, is the question, why should why should Christians renew their mind? Why should Christians renew their mind? The number one reason Christians should renew their mind is that it is a scriptural mandate. And we have been commanded to do so. In other words, because God said so. Mm -hmm. The number one reason that I should renew my mind is because God said so. Tell your neighbor, because God said so. Because God said so. And we really have to kill the pride in us that gets offended that God tells us something because God said so. And if you understand that, why would God tell us to renew our mind? Because he wants to live in victory. But because, he wants, because, because he wants us to live in victory. But also you have to understand that when you were born, you were born into a state of a fallen mind. Mm. He wants to renew your mind back to the days of Eden before man sinned. And so that's the reason that he wants. Now, he can take care of our spirit by us being accepting him. But man's a tripartite being. And so our soul needs to be renewed. So that's what he's talking about. What he's talking about is a spiritual mandate to renew your mind. Why? Because we need to have the same mind in us that was in Christ. Why? So we can do the same types of things and have the same kind of victory that Christ had. So it's important that you understand God's not some boogeyman just wanting to bully you. He's telling you to renew your mind. It's a scriptural mandate because he said so, because he wants you to live your best life. It, it, the, the scriptural mandate is for you, not against you. Oh, that's good. How many of you want to live your best life? If you want to live your best life, put a one in the comment. 
Well, God wants you to live your best life. In fact, God, God's best life for us is better than anything we could plan for ourselves. So God wants us to live our best life. We were born into a world with a fallen mindset. We get born again, and then we have to renew our mind. Listen, Romans 12 and 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for you. In the King James, it says you will prove what is that good and perfect will. He says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's God. Just because everybody's doing it. You know, growing up, I'm sure we all had parents to say something like, hey, if everybody jump off a bridge or you go jump off a bridge too. I don't care how other unbelievers act. I don't care how other believers act. My responsibility is to do what God told me to do even if nobody else does it. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the ways that we can mark maturity is because you know it's always kids that compare what's not fair. Yeah. It's always kids that's like, why did they get away with it? Well, they did this and they didn't get in trouble, right? So we want to grow up by renewing our minds. Ephesians 4 and 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Mm-hmm. Be renewed. Be made new. I want to tell you this. You are not going to get a new mind focused on old ways. Mm -hmm. You are not going to get a new mind focused on um, the things that don't please God. You are not going to grow into pleasing God focused on things that don't please God. Mm -hmm. You're just not. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Mm -hmm. That means you got to find out what God is saying and that's what you got to talk about. And that's what you have to think about. Now think about it. Anybody who is excited about anything talks about it, right? Anybody who, whatever is on the top of your mind is what's going to come out of your mouth. Look at your own communications. Do your own communications indicate that you are interested in pleasing God? Mm. Philippians 2 and 5, it says, let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we have been given the ability to have the mind of Christ. The question is whether we are going to position ourselves and give the word the proper place that it has in our life. And I really I want to say this about this meditating in the having the mind of Christ. So we were talking earlier about how important it is for us to meditate on the word. Right. Meditating on the word involves seeing yourself doing what the word said. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between meditating on, say, for example, 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about the characteristics of love and then seeing yourself in displaying those characteristics, right? So if you know that you are not a person who is long-suffering, if you know that you are a person that keeps grudges and keeps record of right and wrong, you have to begin to say, this mind that's in me, that's in Christ Jesus, here is what Jesus would do. Jesus forgives people. I forgive people. Jesus doesn't hold their wrong against them. I don't hold their wrong against them. It's not just looking at the scripture and meditating on it. It is me now saying, this is who I choose to be. 
I choose to be a person who does things that honors Christ. Mm -hmm. I choose to be a person that does things the way that um that would please and honor God. Colossians 3 and 2 says it like this. Set your affections above, not on the things of earth. Mm -hmm. Friend, check your affection. Where is your affection? And a lot of us don't realize this. Um, if you're a person who claps back, this will probably really resonate with you. If you're a person who claps back, who has a tendency to clap back, put a two in the comments. Um, if you're a person who claps back on people, if you're a person who you you really, your, your mindset is that if they go lower, low, you go lower. You really have to renew your mind to say that if somebody makes a dig at me, I'm not going to go lower. If somebody does this, my natural intent is to do this thing right here. But I am renewing my mind so that I've already set a new standard for myself that when you go low, I don't go lower because I care more about pleasing God than I do about putting you in your place. Mm -hmm. Now, that goes back to something that you said earlier about being a person who is obsessed with pleasing God. The truth of it is, is you're never going <clears> to <throat> give up clapping back on people and saying hurtful things as long as you value your your right to spew vomit more than you value your right to obey God. You're just not going to do it. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're If you really love God, you're going to do it. You go clap on people. And as you're doing it, you go feel bad. Or 10 minutes after you do it, you're going to feel bad. You're going to say, I'm not going to do it again. But you know why you're going to do it again? Because you still exalt. You still have more affection in getting them told than you do in pleasing God. Yeah, And that's why the Bible tells us in Colossians 3 and 2 to set your affection on things above. It doesn't mean that you just think about heaven. It means I set my affection on things are above the natural things of this earth. I don't do the things. I don't set my affections on doing what other people would do in those situations. I set my affections on doing things the way God would behave in those particular situations. And so number one, we've talked about the fact that it is a scriptural mandate. That is the reason that we ought to be at a level five when it comes to the, the commitment to renewing our mind. The second thing we'll talk about is because it helps us to rid our minds of worldly thought patterns. Mm -hmm. We were born into sin. We were born into this world. Since the, since the day we were born, we've been bombarded with mental, visual, and verbal images of how the world is. Mm -hmm. But we haven't necessarily been bombarded with how the, the kingdom of heaven is. That's good. And so we have to then renew our minds so that we become more kingdom-minded than we do earthly-minded. Because the world is filled with temptations and distractions that can lead believers away from God. Somebody clapping on us and then we clapping back. That we matching energy. That that is that is leading us away from God. But when we understand that if we renew our minds, it allows us to better resist those temptations. We can resist mm. the opportunity to be offended. We can resist the opportunity to defend ourselves. We can resist the opportunity to defend our ego. And then we can stay focused on this faith journey of living a life obsessed with pleasing God. Now, how do we do that? Well, we have some scripture that helps us out. Titus 1 and 1, Titus 1 and 15. It says, unto the pure, and that's who we ought to be. It says, then all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. 
but even their mind, watch this, and their conscience is defiled. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't spend time renewing your mind with the word of God, it may appear that you are doing what the world does and people may even clap for you for doing what the oh, world does. God. But it doesn't mean when it comes to the kingdom that you are doing things right. It says if you are doing things according to the world system and the way the world would do it, and you got people clapping for you because you're clapping back really good on people and all those other things, using that example you had, he says, understand, it's because your mind and your conscience is defiled. The reason you got such great clapback skill is because of how dirty and defiled your mind is. Wait, can we sit in that? Because if your mind wasn't so defiled and if your conscience wasn't so seared from the word of God, you wouldn't even be a master clapbacker. And so the world is clapping for us that we are master clapbackers. But the truth of the matter is when you lay that against the kingdom, he says, you're such a great clapbacker. You're so good at getting back at people because your mind and your conscience is so defiled. You're so, you're, you're so ingratiated into the world that you have become a master of that system. Well, to renew oh. your mind, you need to become a master of a different system. And so we have to make sure that we're guarding against those temptations to become like the world. I think you really got to do a better job. No shade. When you say something that's a Selah moment, you know in Psalms, when it's a Selah moment, they actually Selah and let the people think about it. I'm, you I, just I, I kept let, on I, going. I, 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 I no, no, no. Point and no, I no. Think about it. You just kept on going. <laughs> You're literally saying to us that the reason those of us who are good at the clapback, now I want to say I'm not near as good as I used to be because I work on this right here. But the reason we're so good at it is because our mind and our conscience is defiled. That's what the word says. No, and you said it too. <laughs> and you said it too. And, and somebody in the comments said, keep praying for me. But here's the reality. We can pray for you, but until you decide. You got to become a no, level five commitment you, for yourself. The truth of it is, is that many of us want God to take the things where we are defiled the things that we have mastery, we want him to dissolve it like mastery. But you have to see it as defiled. If you don't see it as something defiled, you have no reason to rid yourself of it. Most people see their clap back of their ability to have a slick mouth or, or, or whatever it is. They see that as a weapon of a, a weapon of defense for themselves. Yes. And yes. So unless you get into the word and you be like, oh, wait a minute. The word says the reason I'm so good at this is because my mind and conscience is defiled. Well, I don't want my mind and conscience to be defiled, so I need to get into the word and get more word in me than more clapback in me. And then that's how you start to do the renewal process. That's how it begins to work. Oh, that's so good because Chris just said, now we know that to be a master, you have to have spent 10,000 hours yeah. at something. So we have to understand that the only way we're going to renew, if you have spent 10,000 hours engaged in conversations, right? In, in conversations in looking, this is what I would say to them. This is what I will do. Spewing off all of this stuff. You're now going to have to spend 10,000 hours practicing responding the way that God wants you to respond, right? Man, I've never seen Titus like that before. I've read that scripture many times. It says, but unto the pure, all things are pure, mm -hmm. and unto them that are devout and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Mm -hmm. So I do it 
because I don't see what God says is wrong as wrong. Yeah. I don't see somebody in the comments said a light bulb just went off for me. I don't see it as defiled. Well, here's the thing. If I don't see something as defiled that God has said is defiled, I'm not going to give it up. Right. You don't want you don't you have no desire to rid yourself of it, especially if you see it as a form of protection. And so that's that's that idea of guarding against temptation. Right. But another way that we rid ourselves of worldly thought patterns is to overcome worldly influences. And we talk about the fact that the process of renewing the mind uh, equips us to challenge and reject harmful ideologies and lord knows you can go on the internet and see all kind of different ideologies there's been so much mixture of of christianity with spirituality and 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 and, and black hebrew is and islam and buddhism and world fault and all of us just people have just kind of went to like a supermarket of, of of fault and just picked out different thoughts that they like and mixed it together and called it something uh, when in reality, those ideologies, uh, it's the same reason that, that that Solomon and other other people were warned not to marry people from other nations because it would it would it, not because, they'll pull your heart. Yeah, not because they were racist or anything, because he says they'll pull your heart away. They will pull from your God. heart away. And so uh, so we have to understand that when we renew our mind, it helps us to 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 guard against all of these other worldly influences that are trying to push into the church and water down the word of God. It helps us to overcome these negative beliefs and wrong values that are so contrary to biblical teaching. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 uh, and 5, it says that we are to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and then bring into captivity we are not God. That's all. So when people say, you know, well, Lord, you got to help me. No, he says, I've given you the power. You got to decide to bring into bring it into captivity every thought that is disobedient to Christ and make it obedient to the word of God. Make it obedient to Christ. He says all these different thoughts and things that are out there that are that are contrary to my word. The problem is, and I said this the other week, we are living in a time where we have more access to the word of God through more mediums than we've ever had. But we have more people who are more biblically illiterate than we ever had. Even when people couldn't read, we have more people who are biblically illiterate because they don't spend time reading the word. They may spend time hearing somebody preach and Lord knows what they preach nowadays. You may hear a, a song and then you think that the song is the word, even though some of these songs aren't even biblical and even they sound good. You know, and I go back to the one that I always say, God never told us to climb up no rough side of no mountain. But we sing songs like that or or, or all kinds of things that, that don't line up with scripture because we don't know scripture. And so if we're going to renew our minds, one of the four commitments we have in our ministry is that we read the word of God daily. Why do we ask people to read the word of God daily so they can become familiar with the word of God? So that when you know, when you hear something, you know whether or not it's counterintuitive to what God would say. Well, Second Corinthians tells us to cast down imagination. Right. So the word of God is truth and the word of God is real. So if I don't get a word, even if you circle back to the example we've been using all throughout this. Right. And it's, it's an imagination that it, it is one of the things you said, you said 
harmful ideologies and beliefs that are val and values that are contrary to biblical teaching. Mm -hmm. Clapping back is all of those things. Mm -hmm. It is a harmful ideology in the, in the body of Christ. It is a harmful belief in the body of Christ. And it is a value that is contradictory to biblical teachings. Yep. Well, if I don't know that, how do I cast down the imagination that tells me I need to get everybody told? Especially when you have pastors and leaders and everybody who are clapping back to people on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and everything else. And I don't mean just, I, I, I don't mean, uh, you know, just not letting, I ain't talking about letting people run all over you. That's not what I, we're saying. That's not what we're saying. We ain't saying you're supposed to be somebody's whipping boy or, or somebody's doormat. But this idea that if you say something to me, I'm going to clap back on you at a greater level those are not characteristics of a person who is obsessed with pleasing God. It's so true. I'll never forget. I don't know, probably 10 years ago, somebody said something to me on Facebook on one of your posts. Yeah. And I was going to get them, baby. I was going to give them yeah. everything they want. And I knew you was. I was out of you, town when you, I read it. You were out of town. You read it. It was like 11 o'clock at night yep. and you called me. And what did you say? To I me? called you twice because the first time you didn't answer. I didn't answer because I didn't want to hear you tell me. I know why you called me. You called me to tell me not to finish typing what I'm typing in this comment. I did. And I told you, I said, you can do that. And I said, you know what? I'm not, I've never, I don't, I don't make a habit of telling you what to do. I said, probably in our life at that time, I think I'd only told you two times maybe to not do something. Uh, but I said, I'm telling you, you don't want to do this. I said, you're going to feel good about what you say. People are going to laugh. They're going to be like, ooh, Bashan really got him told and all that. I said, but you're going to feel bad at the end because that's not who you are. It's not the brand that you represent, and it doesn't please God. I said, but you can do it, but I'm telling you, you're not going to like the results of it. I said, why don't you just go to bed? If you wake up in the morning and you still feel like you got to do it, then fine, you do it. But more than likely, you won't. And so you took my advice and you didn't type that and you didn't. And so no one ever saw all, saw what was what, what was about to be said. <laughs> but the truth of it is, is that you said something earlier. I had to be willing to abandon my ego mm -hmm. at that moment. Yeah. Because at that moment, my flesh said, I know he didn't because say that Because you knew that, that everybody had read what I he said it, to you. That's right. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, Cause you don't really know me like that. Right. And I think that the truth of it is, is that that was one of those moments where I really started to kill my pride that I would rather be known as a person who pleases the Lord than a person that everybody's impressed with because of my ability to clap back on somebody who claps back. Yeah. I would then later get the chance in about three months, in about three months, I would get the chance to pass this test. I, we were talking about this the other day as we were preparing for this. Um, I used to what I used to watch BET Awards, don't watch so much anymore, but I used to watch BET Awards and I was making these comments about BET Awards. Um, and this this lady that I didn't really know comes on my comments and she is eating me up. She is telling me I don't love God. She is telling me I'm never going to be nothing. And I am saying to her, tomorrow you're going to feel really bad about this because you really tripping over the BET Awards. And all night, I was going to block her and the Lord said, do not block her. So now this woman is coming on my post. She is being disruptive. She is being ugly. People are in my inbox saying, let me cuss out. You don't cuss people out, but I cuss out. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. At the end of the night, this guy that I didn't know, 
He said, I want you to know I have watched this since seven o'clock. It was about 11 o'clock. He said, and as I watched you, I gave my heart back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. He said, because I have never known anybody that would have somebody come at them like that and they would keep being respectful and honorable to them. And he said, I rededicated my life to the Lord tonight. He said, because I used to say that all preachers were fake. And tonight you showed me that all preachers are not fake. The next morning, that lady came to me and said, I apologize for what I did. I said, I forgive your apology. I forgive you. But now if you don't go back on the post, now I got to unfriend you mm -hmm. because I gave you the opportunity. She wouldn't do it. So I ended up unfriending her. But the thing is, is that I got a chance to win somebody. Because even as a pastor, you don't get to be disrespectful loudly and then apologize quietly. Well, At amen. least not to me. Now, I don't have to clap back on you. I don't have to clap back on you, but you don't get to be disrespectful loudly and publicly and then crawl back and want to be uh, apologetically uh, quietly. It doesn't work that way. The same boldness that you had to be disrespectful, be the same kind of bold when it comes time to apologize. And if not, then that's fine. But 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 friendship is not what we will call ourselves. Well, amen. <laughs> amen now. So, but this goes into point number three. It does. This goes into point number three. Because I do think that balance is there. I think it's important oh, to Oh, I say, want people to know that no, balance is no, there. No, I want you to understand. I'm going to honor God. I am. But that does not mean mm -mm. I would have blocked her before, mm -hmm. but the Lord told me not to. Because he, because the Lord already knew what he was doing in somebody else's heart. He needed you to be obedient to him so he could do his work. And that's why sometimes we... We need not sometimes we need to listen to the Lord because most of the time what he's doing isn't just about us. It's sometimes in us, through us and for us. But sometimes it's for other people, too. Absolutely. And so but the Lord did give me release that if she didn't uh, repent publicly, publicly that I could unfriend mm -hmm. her. And so I gave her 24 hours to think about yeah. it. And she was like, I'm just so shamed. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I can't be your friend anymore. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go ahead and, and block you. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Right? No. So we really want to be clear. We are not setting us up to be people. I heard somebody say something. I was talking to a first lady yesterday. And she said something I thought was so good. She was talking to another friend of ours. And she said, when we move out of turn, we interfere with how God would have handled it. Mm -hmm. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. She said, when we're the one that has to fix it, when we're the one that has to clap back, when we're the one that's going to get the retribution, when we're the one that's going to get the revenge, she says, we interfere with what God planned to do mm -hmm. because God already knows what he's going to do. And she says, so there are times that somebody will wrong us, something will happen, and it will not be fair. And it is not that God does not care. It is not that God does not see it. It is that God already knows what he's going to do. And it reminds me of something that one of um, Taylor's coaches said years ago. Um, he said, if you get in the mud with a pig, the people driving by can't tell who the pig is. They can't tell. So as a believer, if I allow what you say to cause me to come out of character, then to the people going by, 
they can't tell which one of us love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? You look just like the world. You look just like the world. If I get in the mud with you, if I get in the mud with another pastor going back and forth, if I get in the mud with an unbeliever, if I get in the mud, if I get in the mud, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to dirty my witness. Yes. Now, we want to know why so many people don't believe there's any real thing in walking with God. How many of us have dirtied our witness? Yes. Why? Because back to Titus, our hearts are so defiled, mm -hmm. our hearts are so corrupted and so not full of the mud and, and so not full of the word that we literally feel good about getting in the mud. We get in the mud and then somebody drives by and they go, oh, I thought Sean was a Christian. Oh, I thought Chris was a Christian. Oh, they out here living like anybody else. Yeah. And this is why point three says. We're going to gain. The reason we want to renew our mind is that we can gain a correct perception of ourselves. Because when you gain the correct perception of yourself, you know not to get in the mud. Oh, that's good. You know not to be in the mud with the pig because you understand that you're not that a if pig. You're not, if you get in the mud with the pig, the people driving by can't tell the difference between you and the pig. And so when you gain this correct perception of yourself, knowing who you are in Christ, you are less tempted to even want to get in the mud. Oh, that's really what happens. We gain a correct perception of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something so good earlier. I think it was in point one where you said, because we're talking, clapback seems to be the theme. Sometimes it's marriage, sometimes it's money, but this time it's that mouth, right? And you said, we need to own that many of us learn to do this as a defense mechanism. Sure. We learn to use our words as weapons as a defense mechanism. But the scripture tells us that God is our defense. God is our defense. Right? Now, Genesis 2 and 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man after our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. One of the things I love, Pastor Cynthia always says, we have dominion over creeps. All the creeps. We have dominion over all the creeps. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, we have dominion over all the creeps. But our dominion is not in worldly solutions. Right. We have dominion, but not in worldly solutions. You right? can't dominate a system being the same as the system. Well. So you can't dominate this world system if you're going to be a part of the system. You've been called to have a higher authority. And in that higher authority, that is what gives you dominion. That is what gives you authority over all the creeps. It's like it's almost like the scripture that says, how can Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub? How can a devil cast out a devil? You got to have a higher authority than a devil. So you can't be a person who's going to have dominion over all the creeps if you yourself are a creep. <laughs> you got to have a higher no, dominion. No, no, no. How many of y'all think that's a Selah? <laughs> if y'all think that's a Selah, put Selah in the comments. No, I can't. I can't have dominion over the creep. If I'm a creep. If I'm a creep. I can't have dominion over stealing, killing, and destroying if I participate if in I'm the If I'm a stealer, killer, and, and destroyer. destroyer. <laughs> I can, can you see, can, is anybody getting shifted right now? Because that's what renewal is. That I have to say, I learned this behavior from the world, right? It's one of the reasons that I say to people all the time, we will let everybody define us but God. My goodness. We will let a personality test define us. We will let our feelings define us. We will let what mama and them said about define us. And a great example is that 
people will say that they are introverted. Did God actually say that about you? Mm. Or is that something that you learned in order right. to survive? Right. I will never forget that the, the day the Lord told me this. And we told this story. I think we told this story in the pandemic in 2020. And I talked about this. When I met you, I by the time I met you, I had had enough stuff happen to me that something that people used to say about me all the time, they didn't say. So people who knew me as a kid would say I was sweet. Mm -hmm. And I would always say to you, babe, do you think I'm sweet? Oh, yeah. Because people who knew me then would say, oh my gosh, Sean is so sweet. Pastor Cynthia says all the time, Sean, you're so sweet. And I would say, babe, do you think I'm sweet? And you would say what? I would say this, that's not a that's not an adjective that I would use to describe you. Why not? Because you didn't seem sweet. Because I didn't seem sweet. <laughs> it was not, it wasn't my definition of what I think of sweet. I wasn't saying you weren't kind, you weren't nice, but sweet wasn't an adjective that I would that I would use. So I asked the Lord why these people saw me as sweet, but people in my life now didn't see me as sweet. And he said, you took on a personality to survive that wasn't who I created you to be. Mm. You learn to be rough. You learn to clap back. You learn to do that as a mechanism of defense. The people who identify you as sweet, they got to know you before all the stuff happened to you that you took on a personality that I didn't give you. Mm. He was like, now the question is, will you let me take you back to your original yeah, intent? Reintroduce you. Will you let me reintroduce? When y'all saw me saying all the yourself. time, God wants to reintroduce you to yourself. That was a word that came to right. me first. Right. He said, I want to reintroduce you to yourself. You are defining yourself in ways that I do not define you. That is not what I have said about you. Now, here's what I'll tell you. The thing about it is, is that when you have identified yourself in a certain way, mm -hmm. when the Lord comes for that, it feels like he's punishing you. Mm -hmm. When clapback has been your response and the Lord tells you to be quiet, that seems unfair. Mm -hmm. When slapping somebody in the face has been your defense and the Lord tells you to stop that, that seems like when not saying anything, say when shutting down, when has, shutting become, down yeah. has been your defense, then it seems like the Lord is killing you. And he is. He is killing everything he didn't give yeah. you. And I believe that the big part of the mind renewal is that when God starts to cut away, which is what John 15 tells us he yeah. will do, when he begins to prune and he says, Edwin, nope, you didn't get that from me. Right. You got that from the world. You got that from your circumstances. When God begins to do that, most of us put a hard yeah. stop and push him back. That's like, I, re I, it felt like I was being decapitated when the Lord said, I'm going to take that rage from you. It doesn't serve you. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't serve me? It served me since I was seven years old. Ever since it walked into my room and introduced itself to me as my friend, I can remember it. I was on that bunk bed. This It has served me all my life. What do you mean you want me to release this thing that I've used that I that I believe has caused people not to 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 come against me or people not to treat me bad or people not to walk over me because they knew I'd wig out. What do you mean you're going to take that from me? He said, it's not who you are. He said, it's not who you are. And it's interfering with your relationship with your kids, with your wife in the church. You say you're supposed to be leading from me. And it was like, 
Where's my commitment level? Now, now here's where's the my hard, commitment level. Here, be? Here's the hard part that most people have to see is that me, me, me having such a slick mouth, you having rage, you got to call it what it really is. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. Yeah. It's idolatry. Yeah. I have exalted my own self-protection yep. over the Lord mm -hmm. and I've justified it. Yep. I, I'm this way because they did. And in essence, I've told God, you're not able to take care of me. So I have to do it myself. You're That's, not that is what the level of idolatry looks like. I can't trust you to take care of me. I got to do this. Anybody getting delivered today? And no, because we're going to give it to a couple of more scriptures, but you really need it is I see. And the reason I won't give it up is because I have a justification for my idolatry. Mm -hmm. The reason I did this is because when I was a kid, nobody defended me. He's like, but you're not a kid anymore. Right. And now I'm trying to teach you how to how I want to take care yep. of you. Right. You and, and, and everybody has to look at themselves because it's always so easy to say, oh, so and so they really need to get rid of this drinking or they so need to get rid of this self-protection or whatever. But at the end of the day, what is my idolatry? What is the thing that, you know, I always think about the children of Israel. One of the biggest issues with the children of Israel is that whenever God rebuked them for turning away from him, they never turned completely away from him. They just added another God to stand beside him. Those other ideologies, beliefs, and values we talked about. Absolutely. They did not say we don't believe in the most high right. God. They said we believe in God and this and this. So I believe in God at because God is my defender and God is my protector. And again, when I keep getting involved, I don't even get to see what God would do. I rob God of the opportunity to be God. I rob in God my life. in my life. Now, <laughs> in he my life. He's going to be God. Tell your neighbor, he's going to be God. In now. my life. But you rob the opportunity of God to be God in your life and you're so busy trying to play God in your own life and you're really just opening the door for these other demonic entities to get control of you and you can be a born again believer who is literally being influenced by these demonic entities because you have given yourself over to an identity that doesn't belong mm, to you absolutely now go ahead and get this next scripture so this is good Romans 5 and 19 says for as by one man's disobedience we knew he's talking about adam it says many were made sinners as you and i it says so then by obedience of one man or one that's jesus christ shall many be made righteous and so when we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior when we are born again when we are born anew we no longer should be associated with that fallen nature of disobedience. We should be associating with our new recreated nature is one that loves to obey God. Everybody put that in the comments. I love to obey God. I love to obey That's God. That's what you should start meditating on. I love to obey you. God, I love obeying yes. you. Yes. I love obeying you. And I know people don't like the word obsessed, but if for me, it was the, it was the, it was the word that I used to keep pushing me for, toward obedience. I want to be obsessed with pleasing God. Because when you're obsessed with something, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about ways to do it better. You're thinking about ways to elevate it. You're thinking about how to share it with other people. So I'm, I'm obsessed with wanting to please God. I want to please I God. I want to please God. Yes. And then Romans 8 and 17, it says, If children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, 
that we may also be glorified together. That suffering, it's not about um, that idea that you spoke of earlier about how God having to use evil in order to do good. God doesn't need evil uh, to be a trampoline in our life to propel us to success. That's good. What it, what it says, though, is that I will have to suffer letting this idolatry in my life go. I'm going to have to suffer this personality that I've developed over time to protect myself and to be who I thought I should be when it's not who God's called me to do. I'm just like Christ had to suffer on the cross in order to receive the promise. I'm going to have to suffer and let this stuff go in order to receive the promise of him reintroducing me to who I really am. So what I'm going to have to do is crucify my flesh. I'm going to have to crucify my flesh. So everything that is not like God, I'm going to have to let it go. And I got to no be at level five to do it. I got to be at a level five to do it. I have to let every everything in my personality, everything in my thought process, everything in my behavior that yes. does not honor God, that does not look like Jesus Christ. Yes. There is some suffering to let it go. Yes, there is some there suffering is some to suffer let it go. But there but, is. But on the other side of that suffering is far greater than what the suffering is. What we what. Letting go of that idolatry about your own ego and your own self-protection modality. Listen, it's a light affliction. It's a light affliction for what for the reward that God gives us when he gets that when we allow him to reintroduce us to ourselves and who we truly are in him. And a great example of this is that if we had kept our idolatry, oh, we would have destroyed our marriage. Absolutely. We would have destroyed our marriage and likely really injured our kids mm -hmm. as well. And likely not be here having the opportunity to minister and witness to people that we're doing right now. We we and, and did. But it did not feel good when God was chasing us about the things we had to change. Right. It did not feel good. But this feels so good now. Amen. baby. Amen. This feels so good Amen. now. Right. Amen. And what does that do? It, it, it then gives us the next thing. We gain the ability to walk by faith. Yes. It is going to be difficult to walk by faith as long as my flesh is in control. Darn near impossible. Darn near impossible. <laughs> Why? Because all the enemy got to do to get me off my faith walk is let somebody talk crazy. Just send somebody by. Just send somebody talk Just crazy. Send somebody How by. many of you can see that you have been distracted and knocked off course because somebody said something crazy? Listen, transparent moment. Years ago, years ago, but one, some of our biggest arguments was on Sunday mornings before we had to go to church. Absolutely. The enemy always looking for opportunities to cause that distraction and that that yicky that yicky feeling to come uh, at the most opportune time for him. And so that's that is really when we got into the whole thing about, hey, we're not each other's enemy. We had to learn that we are not each other's enemy. We're trying to get ready for church and trying to get kids ready. And we got to do this and do that. And, 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 and emotions start to run high and you start to, to say and do things you, you normally wouldn't do when the pressure was there. Why? Because you had not, we had not renewed our minds in this area. But once we renewed our mind in this area, the enemy was defeated. He was defeated. He was defeated. He could not, no matter what happened, he couldn't get us to, to argue and fuss and fight with each other. I mean, it, it just couldn't happen. It's, one of the things I got to say this, mm -hmm. though, one of the things I respect about you, because you used to preach a lot more then than I did, is that you would never preach until you fixed it with us. Right. Because you, how are you going to go up in you, the pulpit? You, you would be something? like, we had a bad moment. Come in the office. Let's fix this. 
And, and I remember one time, I think it took through the whole praise and worship for us to get to the point. But we made up yeah. before we came and, out and there. If right. we hadn't, I would I, I have still been back there. I would still been now, up there now, singing. There's a lot of stuff I'll do, but I ain't finna go up there and fake it for the people. If, 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 if we gonna be right, we gonna be right. If home, if home ain't right, then you need to sit your behind down somewhere and get home. To, and I'm talking to all the preachers and pastors and anybody else. You get home fixed first. Then you get up and try to minister to other people. But you can't be ministering to other people and, and they falling out under the anointing and all that. And then you you and your wife can't, can't get stand back in the each car other. Speak. Your kids want to smack you upside the head and all that other kind of stuff. And Because y'all been mean all morning. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Renew your mind so you can actually walk in faith. <laughs> and I want to say this to couples, to families. I want you to say, I, I wish somebody had told this, told us this. The enemy does fight you different on Sunday morning. Sure he does. He does fight you different when you're headed to a conference. He does fight you differently when there is an opportunity for breakthrough. Because he doesn't want you to get it. And he doesn't want you to get it. He wants you to be in church, aggravated with your kids, aggravated with your spouse. And one of the things I would encourage you from a practical standpoint, really, I now understand why my grandma used to do some stuff that she do. Do as much as you can the night before so you can minimize the things that can impact you the day yep. of. Yep. If, if, I'm That's telling just practical. You, that is just the practical, just practical thing, especially those of you who got little kids. Listen, somebody go throw up. Somebody go waste something. Somebody go say something smart. One of the ways you can do that is that you can prepare. And one of the things that we really did is that we would say, you're not my enemy. Yep. How can we fix yep. this? You so I hope that's a tip for families. And some of y'all can use that during the week because some of y'all be struggling during the week because you because you, you don't you don't you don't do those little things and then that morning just be whooping your tail and then you you're upset with your spouse you're angry your 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 kids can feel that tension and stress and you want them to go to school and and try to learn and and yeah all that stuff I mean it's a lot of stuff you can you can do if you renew your mind the Holy Spirit will even tell you what you need to do absolutely. Yeah. So then the other thing then is not only does renewing your mind help you gain the ability to walk in faith, it also helps you to gain the ability to walk in peace. That word peace there is shalom, means nothing missing, nothing broken. One of our favorite scriptures about this is Isaiah 26 and 3. In Isaiah 26 and 3, it says, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Now, who is thou? We know thou is it's the, the Lord. Lord. The Lord will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is what? Stayed, stayed on, on thee. thee or stayed on the Lord. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord. When you trust in the Lord, when you're when you got a mind that's focused on God, when you become obsessed with pleasing God and obeying God, it says he'll keep you in perfect peace, in, in a perfect position of nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Even when you don't have something, the peace will be there because you know God's going to provide it. All right, we're going to give you the last one from today, and yep. then we're going to finish this up. But right now, I want to know, tell me if you're getting something out of this teaching. Put in the comments what you're getting out of this teaching. We got our last point for today. What are you seeing from this teaching? It's so many good nuggets from this teaching. I don't want to have a vile and um, I don't want to have a vile mindset that disregards God. I want to let God reintroduce me to myself. I'm going to have to see myself the way God sees me so I can do the things that God wants me to do. But what are you getting from this as we go into point six? That's six, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, point six, right? 
What are you getting from that? I must be obsessed with pleasing God. Come on, that's good. Amen. I gotta go. That's how you get to level five. You have to be obsessed with pleasing God. Yep. That is so good. That'll get you to that resolute That's state. gonna get you to that resolute state. Right. Match God's energy, not the world's. Amen. That's good, Demetra. I do match energy. Amen. I match God's. I match God's energy. I match God's energy. I love that. Yep. Everybody put that. It's not that I don't match energy, it's whose energy I'm gonna match. That's good. I match God's energy. That's good. I got to renew my mind daily, exalting the self-identity over God-given identity is idolatry. Is. Oh, that's good, Kel. That's good. It is. That's good. My husband is not my enemy. Somebody just took their marriage Amen. to a new level, Amen. right? This is another tip I'll give you about marriage, too. One of the things you need to learn to do is to not take everything so personally. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a big lesson that I had to learn that just because you were short did not mean you had an issue with me. Right. Sometimes you were short because you were thinking about something you weren't mad at all. Right. You sometimes you were short because you actually had a project that needed to be done. And, and this is another place with ego. I had to stop centering myself in everything with you as though every response with you had something to do with me. Yeah. And then and then. I had to learn that even though I didn't realize I was being short, if it was brought to my attention, especially when I wasn't trying to be, it was okay to say I'm to, to apologize and to say I wasn't trying to be short. Rather, rather, rather than just, just moving on. Look at us. This is so good. So rather than being shorter and saying, I wasn't short with you. <laughs> just say, you know what? I apologize. It wasn't my intention to be short. But here's the thing. Until I was willing to give up the thing where I stopped centering myself in all of the stuff and making it about me. Oh, he got to be mad at me. He got to be upset with me. You couldn't even hear the Holy Spirit say, and when you were short, you need to apologize. And so that's what I mean when I say that there, the Bible says the Lord will fight our battles. Mm -hmm. Many times he can't fight our battles because I'm like, no, you were short with me. Mm -hmm. You're going to acknowledge it right now. Right. And we're not getting anything done. Right. Okay, here's our last point for today, which is really what I just talked about. We gain the ability to walk in authority. Mm -hmm. People who don't have any control, yep. people who match the world's energy, people who operate in idolatry. You said it earlier. You cannot solve the problems on this level of authority. Yeah. I've got to operate in a higher level of authority. And the way that I do that is by partnering with God. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. So want to talk about that a little bit. So Mark 11, 23 uh, gives us a scripture that we can kind of uh, rely on with that. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, that's why we don't climb the rough side of it. It says, be thou removed and be thy cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his oh, heart. Oh, we skipped five. Did we skip? Oh, we did. No, we didn't skip five. It's the ability to walk in peace. My bad. Somebody <laughs> said, what was number five? And you oh, want to okay. make sure people sure. get the notes? You taught me that, teacher. Yeah, yeah, All number, right. Number okay. Five. It says, but shall believe in but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass shall have whatsoever he said. And again, this is about this idea of authority that when I renew my mind, I can function in a higher authority. We said earlier, you don't solve world's problem by being a part of the world. 
You got to have a higher authority than what the world is. And that only comes from the kingdom of God. And so then what I have to learn to do is I have to learn to use my words because that's part of the ability that God has given me. I use my words to speak to problems. I don't speak about problems. I don't I don't magnify problems. I speak to the problem. And what I'm speaking to the problem is the solution that heaven already has for it. That is so good. Yeah. You know what I just thought? That's the whole stream of why this thing was about clapback. Mm -hmm. Because our words do have our power. Our words do have power. And the Lord is like, use your words the right way. Mm -hmm. Don't use your words to talk about people. Use your words to mm -hmm. talk to situations. And don't use your words Worth. to talk about your problems or you, about your bills or about your diagnoses. Use your words to speak the answer to those things based on God's word. Because that is how I get the answer into mm -hmm. heaven. That is so good. Mm -hmm. Mark, 16, Mark 16, verse 17 through 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues, and they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I really want to talk about this take up cast out devils. The cast out devils, a lot of times people think rolling around on the floor. Right. I want you to think there's a devil in the space that is trying to be disruptive. Mm -hmm. I will never kick a devil out of my family that's trying to be disruptive, acting like the devil. All I'm going to do is escalate the amount of demonic activity in my home. Mm -hmm. I'm going to he says, if you believe, I will give you the wisdom. I will give you the instruction. I will show you what to do. I will teach you when to speak. I will teach you when to be quiet. I will teach you what to say and how to say it so that you can exercise authority over the demonic realm that wants to bring destruction in your life. Because every time we cast the devil out, it is not rolling on the floor. Sometimes it's the spirit of offense that is flowing in a family. Yeah. It's the spirit of unforgiveness that's yeah. flowing in a family. It is the spirit of anything that you can name, rage, anger, depression. But if I now got to respond to you, I'm missing God saying to me, Sean, this is how I need you to handle this to get authority yeah. over this. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then, and then Philippians 4 and 9, I love this scripture. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, he says, do them. <laughs> and the God of peace, that God of who specializes in nothing missing, nothing broken, will be with you, shall be with you. That is how you walk in that authority. He says, you want to know how to have authority over sickness and disease? You want to know how to have authority when the enemy try to come in and, 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 and rob you of a good marriage, when he try to come in and rob you of having a stable family? You want to know what to do when the enemy try to come in and, and break down your confidence when you're trying to apply for a new job or, or whatever it is that you're doing? He said, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, he says, do what I do. He says, and then that same peace that, 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 that rests on the life of Jesus, that same peace shall be with you as you go and do whatever you have to do in your natural life here on the earth. That is what living a life of heaven on earth should look like. That's so good. I'm going to end with this example right here. And you need to be thinking about whether you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today or whether you want to become a virtual partner or both as we get ready to give. But I want to end with this example based on this scripture right here. It says, those things which you have both learned, 
and receive and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. Now I want to talk about this because this week, for whatever reason, we had lots of marriage conversations with people, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the previous Sunday, we both said this. We said, hey, there was a point in our marriage where the Lord said to us, what did he say to you, Ellen? He, he said, said it to us separately. He said, don't come back in here talking to me about everything Sean needs to do. I need you to do what you need to do, regardless of what Sean does. And don't come back in here talking to me until you committed to do that. He told me, don't come back in this prayer closet no more talking to me about Ellen. I want to talk about you. So this week when we were talking to so many people about marriage, I noticed that people were still telling me what their spouse did wrong. Mm -hmm. It said to me that the people were not doing this scripture right mm -hmm. here. If the if the if the if the process to changing the relationship is to look at yourself, when you show up to talk about the problem to your friends, to your pastor, to your coaches, and to your mentor, and you start with them, you're not ready for transformation. Because all you can see is what they did. But the real test is why am I responding this way? Why am I so triggered? Why am I so angry? What? Now, listen, listen, I, the Lord's like, I want to talk to you about you. It's not, and I want y'all to hear me. It is not that the Lord did not care about what Edwin was doing. It's that the Lord could never change Edwin talking to me. That is not how the Lord works. When the Lord is going to change us, he's going to change us. Yeah. He's going to change us individually, right? And then he's going to use that individual change to create, create something corporately. So I want you to think this week, when you find yourself in a problem, if you find yourself in a problem at work, when you find yourself in a problem with your spouse, you find yourself in your problem with your kids, I just want you to stop and think, Lord, is there something I am doing to contribute to this? Because it doesn't mean that they're not wrong, but you can also be wrong in your response, which adds more wrong to the wrong and doesn't fix anything. In, in most situations, we are the catalyst for the biggest change in most situations we're involved in. Well. So God starts with us first, because we have the most, the most potential to change the situation. Me talking to God about you, even if he worked that way, you would have changed. I would not have. <laughs> and so if I didn't change and I'm the biggest catalyst to the situation, your changing would have been minute compared to me changing. And a lot of people don't realize that they like to talk in, in, in the, re the reality is the Bible says, I think it's Romans 12 and three or something like that, or 12 and something. It says, it says not to think more highly of 12 yourself. And three. Romans 12 and three says, do not think more highly of yourself than you would. Ought ought to. To. Most people think they don't have any issues. Or they, most people they think, think their issues are small compared to the other person. Or they think if they think that their issues is a result. Of the other person. The other, ooh, All of those ooh. are thinking more highly of yourself than you certainly should be. And so that's why the Lord wants to talk to you about you. Because if the Lord can get you to fix you, you'd be amazed at what gets fixed around you. So. 
That's well, that's why renewing the mind is so important. Does anybody want to rededicate their life today? If you want to rededicate your life, you can just put a five in the comments. I feel like this was a rededication message, right? And if you want to be a partner of FOC, you want to be a partner. Listen, I see Chris in the studio with her hands up. She like, listen, with my hands lifted high. Right. Listen, it's okay to rededicate your life. It's okay to say, man, I realize I need to come to a level five. If many of us were honest, we came, we needed to come to a level five regarding our mouth. Mm -hmm. James says the tongue, who can control it? Listen, I need to lay down my life to the Lord. That's I so need good. to rededicate. I need to lay down my life. Next week, we're going to keep going in this series because yeah. there's more. Tell your neighbor, there is more. But do you want to be a partner of FOC? If you do, go to www.focchurch.com and scroll down and complete the partnership form. This is a church that is teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And this is a church that is committed to saying to you, there is a part that you play. A you, major part. You cannot earn your salvation. That is a gift from Jesus. That's right. But you will determine whether you experience heaven, days of heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. And you must renew your mind. And so everybody work on. So this is our last thing as we get ready to give our offering today. What is one thing you're committed to working on this week? What is one thing? Don't pick 20. Pick one. What is one thing you personally are, it's still over 80 of y'all on here. It ought to be 80 comments. What is one thing you, this Lord, this is what I will work on. I'm, I'm going to work on, I'm going to work on not centering myself in everything. I'm going to work on not letting anger rule me. I am going to work on listening to the Holy Spirit and moving the first time he tells me something. What is one thing that you're going to work on? You know the announcements we have this week while we're waiting to see that. You don't even have to pull them up. Monday, Strategies for Success at noon. Um, Tuesday, check out um, Ed Talk with Pastor Strick at noon. Wednesday, you know we have prayer and Bible study. And then Friday, you know that we have prayer and we want to see you all of them. Alicia says she is going to work on not worrying. Demetri says, I'm going to release the spirit of offense. Amen. So, Demetri, that means this. Little, you go have top opportunities to get offense. Offended, you're not gonna take it. Yeah. You're gonna say, This doesn't serve me. In fact, the Bible says it like that. It says, You'll have many opportunities to be offended. It says, Don't take them. Don't take them. Don't take them. Don't take them. I'm gonna work on not taking things personally, getting Amen. rooted more in my God given and then sticking to my word to myself, releasing control of the outcome. Y'all is preaching. Now you need to hold level five says you are resolute in working on these things. What does that mean? That means even if your boss add an extra project, even if your kids do something irritating, even if your husband, your wife, you are resolute in making this decision to walk it out. Amen. Trina says, I'm going to be intentional about my thinking and my responses. Tiara says, I'm going to obey God quickly. That's it right there. Ralph said, I'm going to set my affection on God doing what he wants over what I desire and Amen. what I feel. Amen. Come on, I want to see this. Tanya says, I'm going to work on my reflex of defense and my input impulse of offense. That's good That's right good. there. That's good. That's good right there. My you, reflex of defense. My yeah. reflex of defense. Mm -hmm. Change your reflex to obeying God. Yep. My reflex is that I obey God. Yep. 
I'm going to work on comparing my obsession with, with God to my obsession to those I love. Now, mm. that is a good mm -hmm. thing. All you got to do with the, anybody who's obsessed with their spouse, their kids, their job, all you got to do is see how quick you respond for yep. those things and you can measure how you love God. And if it, and if it don't matter, if it don't add up, you got to up that level of obsession. You got to up God. that level. Yeah. All right. That's good. Listen, it's your opportunity to give. There are so many ways to give. And this is good word today. Many of you, I know you want to sow into this word. This was good teaching. This was teaching that will change your life. Yeah. Give the five, push pay, tithely, text to give, 833-969-0897, or PayPal for our international partners at FOC Church NWA. Listen, we love you. We're praying for you. I want you to make, if, you, if you're going to do what you said, if you really, um, uh, if you're really going to do the things that you said, I want you to put this in the comments as we get ready to go. I want you to say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in if my husband not. I'm all in if my kids not. I'm all in if my boss is not. I am all in. This is a decision between me and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I have given the Lord my word that I'm going to grow in this area. I'm all in. I am all in. Let me go ahead and type I'm it too so y'all know that I'm, I'm at all a level in. five commitment. Listen, I am all You're going to want to come back next week because we're going to be talking about the consequences of an unrenewed mind and then the benefits that come with renewing the mind. And so we want you to come back next week. But listen, you may want to take an opportunity to listen to this again this week. And if so, you can go and you can check this out. It's on the Facebook page. Wherever you're watching this right now, you can go back to that same platform and you can watch it, whether it's on YouTube or, or Facebook, uh, whatever page you're watching it on right now. You can go back and you can revisit it because I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want you to renew your mind. Because if you renew your mind, you're going to renew your words, you're going to renew your thoughts, you're going to renew your behaviors, and you are going to become unstoppable. The authority and the dominion that you will walk in will be unparalleled. And I'm telling you, the enemy, he shrieks when he thinks about you being a person who does that because of all of the impact that you can do to damage his kingdom. And so we're, we're going to be a part of this journey, part of this army that is raising up people who are interested in tearing down the kingdom of, of, of the enemy and building up the kingdom of God. I love it. We're all in. We're all so in. all the people who stayed, you know, I'm going to give you a blessing because you stayed. Yep. Father, I decree and declare that for all who stayed to the end, Amen. I thank you for the grace yes. to shift this week. Yes. I thank you for the ease to shift this yes. week. I thank you for the authority to shift Glory this week. Glory to God. I thank you that what used to be a struggle, there is a new grace, a My new God. sweetness, a new favor yes. that just allows us to grow and to share identities that do not belong yes. to us. And we thank you for the angelic assistance to help us do what you have already what called us already to do. Called In us Jesus' to do. name, amen. Amen. Listen, God bless you guys. Don't forget about the huddle September the 10th. Don't forget about the end of summer soul brunch on September the 9th. Don't forget about the weekly services. Don't forget about the things we say we're committed to. 
We're committed to not missing the service. We're committed to reading our Bible daily. We're committed to praying in the Holy Spirit. And we're committed to taking communion more often. Okay. So oh. make sure you're doing those things. Happy birthday, Pastor Nitra. Happy birthday, Today Pastor Nitra. Today is Pastor Nitra's birthday. Happy birthday, Pastor Nitra. She serves our kids. She does so much in the ministry. Send her some love today. Happy birthday, Pastor Nitra. Yes. We thank you for everything that you do. Also, it's Kim Jansen's birthday today. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Kim. Happy we birthday. love you. Have a great day. All right. Y'all have an amazing week. Take care. Bye-bye.